hairs on my body started standing on end. Silent. Nothing there. I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be a vital importance of helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge to the other world. Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. My guest today is Jason Kenzie, a British Columbia-based wildlife photographer, pet photographer, and filmmaker. I'm just getting to know Jason, and I already know that he's a really cool guy, and that's a good sign. I'm very interested in speaking with Jason today. He's got a song out and a series, a multi-part series, both of which are called Searching for Sasquatch. And he's just a cool guy, so let's, let's get into it with Jason. Jason Kenzie, welcome to Type 471. How you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me here. Good. Oh, it's my pleasure. You are an interesting man, Jason. You uh, you do some really cool work. I checked out your stuff online. Uh, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your background. Uh, well, I for 25 years, I've been a professional uh, pet photographer and animal photojournalist. Basically, uh, people around the world hire me to photograph their amazing animals, the ones that they live with. Could be anywhere from wolves to monkeys to bears to tigers, giraffes, rhinos, dogs, cats, you name it. That sounds like a really cool job. You get to go all over the world just just photographing amazing animals that people have? Yes. Wow. And uh, I started a web series called uh, My Animal Adventures. And basically it's behind the scenes of uh, the animal photo shoots and just interviewing the people that own these animals and doing the love that they have for their pets. And uh, it's amazing some of the stuff that people say about their animals. Everybody has a story about their animal. Certainly. Yeah, I would imagine. And just from watching you do what you do, I can tell the immense enthusiasm you have for your work, Jason. Oh, yeah. I love it. It is so much fun. It is, you know, I love all animals. And it's just, it's very exciting. Uh, the more dangerous the beast, the better. I see. Is that what uh, drew your attention to Sasquatch? Well, what happened with Sasquatch is when COVID hit and we all got locked down, I wasn't able to do any traveling and I wasn't able to do very many uh, animal photo shoots. So I was sitting around and just wondering, huh, what can I do? I'm like driving myself nuts. And I thought, well, you know, I keep hearing this thing about uh, these creatures uh, called Sasquatch. And I thought, well, they're kind of like animals. And I went out and started interviewing people. And each person I would interview would point me into a direction um, to go and look in the forest. And, you know, I do a lot of hiking, camping anyway. But why not, you know, look for evidence of these creatures? And that is basically how I got into, you know, my film, Searching for Sasquatch. And uh, what did you find in the way of evidence? I, again, I mean, I, I mentioned already you are from British Columbia. You're, you live in the Sasquatch capital of the world. 
So, I mean, you're in the prime location to go out and do such a thing. So what what have you done in terms of looking for evidence and what have you found? Well, some of the people I've interviewed, uh, they pointed me into a direction out by Headley, B.C., and where I went way up into the wilderness and found a lake that had hundreds of these large footprints that crossed the lake. And I droned it, you know, to see what I could see from above. And it was amazing. You could see all the footprints, hundreds of them. And I filmed some of the footprints on land. And I showed the footage to some of the First Nations people. And they told me that, yes, this is, uh, they believe a Sasquatch uh, migration right through that area. And I found that. I found um, footprints. I found many trees that were ripped out of the ground and shoved back into the ground uh, upside down. I've heard the yelps. I've heard the screams. And yeah, it's just, it's quite interesting. Uh, now, I've, you know, haven't really seen a daytime sighting of one of these creatures. I'm not sure 100% if they truly do exist uh, because I haven't really seen one. Um, during the day. But you have had some, you, you did have a, a few really interesting experiences where you did have some kind of a visual. I'd, I'd like to hear about that, please. Yeah, so I was in Michigan, on the, the northern part of uh, Michigan, and went with uh, a guy by the name of um, Blake. Him and I walked uh, at night down this, it was a kind of an old logging road and it was nighttime it was probably about 12 12 30 maybe one o'clock at night and we were going about maybe about 40 minutes walk to retrieve a voice recorder that blake had uh, put out earlier in the day and as we were walking we were we we were seeing all these tree breaks these these, these branches that were twisted and broken and I was filming them all. And then we came to an area where there was all these these trees that looked like they were kind of pulled down over the trail, where we literally had to go through the trees, kind of climbing over. And we're talking maybe five, six, seven uh, trees that were all pulled over. They weren't broken. Like the, the, the roots were not pulled out of the ground. And the trees themselves were not broken, but they were pulled down. We got to the very end and we retrieved the recorder and we put, put a new recorder and we started walking back. In about 15 minutes walking, uh, we, we came across a tree break like a, that was broken. And it was literally, it was three of them, three tree breaks. And they were... Um, hanging over the trail and we walked up and I'm, I'm looking at it going, Hmm, I don't remember this. I do not remember this being here because it was so much into the trail that we almost had to go around it. And remember I had just filmed everything on the way up. Like I was filming all the, all the little, all the tree breaks and some of them were thick. There were some of them were probably about an inch in diameter and twisted and broken. And we're looking at these tree breaks 
and Blake put his hand, his, his finger, to feel, and it was still moist and flexible as if it had just been broken. Then we heard a crack from behind us, and we jumped, and we turned around, and we're looking at the very end, about maybe 40 feet, and my my um, light on my head, I was scanning, and as I scanned, I saw some eye shine, and it, it blinked, or it closed its eyes, and then it slowly opened it back up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to film it because I'm filming it with my my video camera. And I couldn't see it on the video camera, but I could just see a hint of the, the eye shine. And then all, and then as we were looking, we could hear broken branches on either side. We could hear something walking, like stepping on either side of us. And Blake turns to me and goes, "I think there's more than just." this one and as we're looking another one stepped out and it was shorter and it had and basically as my light hit it it moved behind these branches so i could see one eye and we're looking at this and then then the eyes shut and then we charged up there we actually walked up there really fast and i'm freaked out at this time right because i'm like okay is it a bear I mean, we see a lot of bear tracks, a lot of wolf tracks. I mean, we went up to the area, and we couldn't, We it, whatever was there. And this went on for five minutes. We were looking at this for five minutes. It wasn't like it was 30 seconds or 10 seconds or one second. We were looking at this, these two things standing there for about five minutes, maybe six minutes. And then as the eyes disappeared, we walked up there. and. There was nothing there, but the trees had kind of opened up. So you could see where something could go through. And at the same time, we could hear crack, crack on either side of us. And on my camera, which I didn't see till like a month and a half later, because when I came home back to Canada, on my camera, you could see as I'm, I'm, I'm talking on camera in the area where where I'm saying, like, you know, this is where they were standing. There was eye shine over my my head, like thick, like one eye, or whatever it was, like this eye. I, I was thinking whatever it was was behind a tree looking, and I got that on camera. And then we walked back, and as we're looking at the original tree breaks that we were looking at before we had the crack behind us, I could see that there was eye shine right behind the tree break. I couldn't see it at that that night when we were there, but I saw it on film, you know, month month later when I was looking through the, the footage. And then when I was there, we're looking, and then I turned around and looked down about, it was probably 25 feet away. I saw this shadow of something and it dropped to the ground and did kind of like a, a spider crawl across the ground and the two eyes that were huge and they just stared at me as it went across the trail and it's night so I could only see an outline of it like a little bit of an outline but the eyes and what was odd was I'm looking at it going okay is that like a bear crawling on the ground or like a 
a boar, like a pig. Like I'm looking at this, and you could see the arms as it's and it only lasted for seconds as it went across, and the eyes stayed. It didn't bounce. The eyes did not bounce up and down. It was smooth, like it was on a slider, like just. And as I'm freaking out and telling Blake that I just saw this, we I walked to the area where I saw it about two minutes later, and something beside me cracked through the forest, and I just said it was probably a bird. Like I'm trying to calm myself down because I couldn't comprehend what I saw. But like a month and a half later, when I was looking on at my footage. Right as I'm talking on film, because I had the camera facing me, because I didn't expect to see anything. So I was had a, I was talking, and over my shoulder, you could see eye shine, looking right beside us. Yeah, it was a creepy. Have you tried to play with the uh, with the brightness to to coax out a little more detail in the video? I did. I tried to make it light, but it just it didn't. You can't really see anything. It was so dark. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be putting some of the footage. Uh, it's all in 4K, so I'll be putting that on my website eventually for whoever wants to go and check it out. Maybe they can, you know, take the footage and, and lighten it or do what they can do. Yeah, and so, I, but I'm not saying it was Sasquatch um, because I didn't physically like I didn't. It wasn't daytime. I couldn't. I only saw the eyes. The, the 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 shadow thing, um, I could see an outline of the arms. It was huge. It, the thing was huge. It was, it almost took up the whole. Um, when it dropped to the ground, it almost took the whole path up as it went over, and into the forest. And I think there was a second one that took a step back into the forest. Like it just took one step into the, the forest. Um, this is something that I, I kind of remember in my head. Like I because everything was happening so fast that I kind of remember that afterwards. It was almost like a trauma thing. It's like, but yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting night. Definitely. <laughs> it certainly sounds like it to put it mildly. Uh, that, that spider crawl thing, that is just incomprehensible to me. I, I have to see this for myself. I have to understand why and how they do it. Um, and, and yeah. I really, I really like that you claim uncertainty. I really like that you don't say this is definitely a Sasquatch. I mean, because that's telling me that you saw what you saw and you're not trying to, you know, impose your own ideas on it. You're, you're reporting on something that just happened. And I like that. So, yeah. right, right. So when, uh, when you first saw this eye shine, how far off the ground, how many feet above the ground were these eyes when you first saw them? See, that's the thing, right? I mean, I didn't have a ruler with me, so I couldn't... I mean, I know people have asked me, how big do you think it was? And it was about 45 feet away, and it was literally just... Out, it was The thing that was crazy about this, when it first closed its eyes, when the light hit it, when it came back, like when it opens its eyes again, it's like, for some reason, it knew how far to be away from the infrared. Because the infrared on my camera, because I wasn't using a powerful infrared. I was using the, the, the in-camera infrared that only goes out about 25 feet, 30 feet. Like, it goes out. And then when, it, when the eye shine came back out, it wasn't as bright. And it, it, it was like it stepped backwards a few feet, just out of the way 
of the infrared where I was having trouble seeing it on the camera, but I could see it with my own eyes. And it just stood there. And both of them did. And so uh, the answer to your question, it was definitely, okay, at least I'm 5'6". So it was at least seven feet, I would say, at least. From where it was standing, it was definitely off the ground, and it was way off the ground. When I saw the other eye shine shine that was beside us, they were way up high. Like the one that, when I was walking towards where I saw the spider crawl, and I saw the eye shine, it was over my head, easily. Easy, you know, maybe eight feet over my head as I'm walking. And the only thing I can say is whatever it was, was looking and it was behind a tree. And that's why I only saw one eye shine on, on, the, on the infrared. Well, I'm not able to stay as objective as you are, Jason. I feel very confident that you indeed saw a family of Sasquatches. I'm going to make that statement for you. You've, you've seen Sasquatches, Jason. That's my opinion, of course. Something else, something else that was extremely odd. Like, I'm telling you, it is like Twilight Zone odd. I had bought the new Samsung Galaxy 9. So it was like the most advanced one. Oh, no, uh, 9, uh, 20, S20. Uh, anyway, it was the most advanced um, for, for video. It shoots like 8K video. And I only had it for maybe about four months before I actually took it to um, Michigan. When we got into the forest, I also bought a 4K thermal. You know the thermal little um, camera that you plug into your phone? Sure, yeah. They have a little uh, flare adapter for your phone. Yeah, the flare adapter it shoots 4K. And I, I got the more expensive one because I wanted 4K. I had that with me. But for some reason, the camera on my phone, just the camera, would not work. It literally would not turn on. It was so frustrating that I was always mumbling, piece of garbage, phone. I mean, I buy this cam- I buy the, my phone just for the camera, really, because I love doing video and shooting with my phone. Now, I wasn't shooting, like I don't shoot my documentaries on my cell phone. Okay? I had an actual professional 4K video camera, but I also had my phone, and I had the thermal. It would not work. It, when I kept saying, when I get back to Canada, I'm going to storm into into the store. I'm going to put my my phone on the, on the thing. I said, what the heck are you selling me this crap? Get me a new phone because I need my camera to work. When I came back to Canada, literally as I came off the plane, my camera worked and it has not stopped working since. Weird. Like my camera on my phone is perfect still. Like, it did not work when I was in the forest at all. Through the whole time, I was 10 days in the, in the, the forest. And I, my phone, my camera would not work. But as soon as I got back to Canada, my phone, my, my camera started working again. And I haven't had a problem with it at all. I've shot many stuff with my, my camera on my phone since. And it just would not work in the forest. And... It was a shame because I had the FLIR that was with me. Mm-hmm. But because my camera wasn't working, 
I wasn't able to use the flare. It was just the weirdest thing. And I cannot explain like why like why that happened to me. That is very weird, Jason. Uh yeah, just just that one time, uh never never any other time where your camera hasn't worked. That Yes. That doesn't true. Right, right. That uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's confounding, but it doesn't surprise me. That's the sort of thing that pops up again and again in Sasquatch encounters. When you're trying to document a Sasquatch, oftentimes there will be inexplicable equipment malfunctions or batteries will be yeah. dead or, or whatever. Just weird stuff happens when people try to record Sasquatches. So it sounds like you've had somewhat of a paranormal Sasquatch experience. Have you... Uh, have you had any other oddball stuff happen out in the woods? Have you seen strange lights or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yes. Oh. Definitely. I've seen strange lights. I was with a bunch. Uh, so I, being a, um, a filmmaker and being a kind of person that will go anywhere and, and film anything and, and go in. Like, I'm known for the guy that will try and get the job done. Like, I'll, I'll follow beside you. I'll, you know, I won't run. You know, I, I'd rather die with you um, than try and run and leave you kind of filmmaker. And I, I got hired by a paranormal group that did ghost huntings and, and they took us to a graveyard. And I was there just to film, right? Being a skeptic, I just was there just to document it. And one of the guys, you know, one of the guys is like, okay, so we're going to be talking on film and we're in the forest and we're talking, I'm filming, I have my infrared on and I look over and I see a, a ball, like a light, a ball of light in the forest. I'm like, guys, there's someone else here. I think someone has a flashlight. Like they're over here. And we're, we're all watching this ball of light in the forest and it's moving and everyone's talking. They're like, Oh my gosh, maybe like maybe it's someone and we're, we're yelling who is that and we're, we're trying to follow it and then i told everyone hush i said everyone hush don't say a word you guys hear that and everyone's like no and i said exactly i don't we don't hear nothing that ball of light is going to the forest and there's no sound i mean listen i moved over four feet and i made a hell of a noise crack 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 through the the leaves and the, and here we are going and we're, we're falling in this ball of light and there's literally no sound. It's moving. And we, we followed it for about maybe 200 feet and it led us. And then it disappeared around this, a bunch of like a corner. And as we turned the corner, there was these two big gravestones in the middle of the forest, uh, away from all the other gravestones, all the gravestones were, probably a thousand feet away, the way off in the middle of the, of the forest there was these two tombstones. And that was, we didn't see the light after that. But yeah, I, I see lights all the time when I go in the forest. It's really hard to see. Yeah, it, that is, that is quite something. Uh, I, I really need to connect you with a guy in the UK named Patrick Jackson. He, uh, he has a whole theory about those balls of light, and it's a very complex one. He, uh, he claims, have, have, you, have you heard of Foo Fighters, like the Foo Fighters that were seen during World War II? Uh, I've heard of them, yes. Right, right. Well, there, there were these balls of light that were seen by 
both sides of the conflict, and nobody knew who was responsible for them. They were these weird balls of light that would interact with aircraft, and they would fly through aircraft at times. Anyway, uh, Patrick Jackson, as he says, he has recovered two crashed Foo Fighters, and um, that he has he has extracted code from one of these Foo Fighters, and he developed an app with it. And uh, he claims that these Foo Fighters are actually responsible for a great deal of poltergeist activity. According to Patrick's theory, they congregate in derelict buildings in the middle of the night to upload information. And when one plays this ghost code app, one can actually attract the attention of these of these uh, strange balls of light. So I think you might want to check out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might want to check out this Ghost Code app. It's currently available through Google, and it's only for Android devices. The uh, the Apple version will be out in a couple of weeks, from what I understand. Nice. I'll have to get that information from you later. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like something you'd be interested in playing with, so I wanted to bring it to your attention. Yeah. No, that's great. Cool, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was so funny when I, when I asked you, you know, oh, have you ever seen any balls of light? And then you just had this elaborate wonderful story and then yeah then, then all of a sudden you're just kind of like yeah you know I've, I've seen balls of light like it was no big deal you know i just that, that's cool you've obviously had a lot of experiences so um so how first of all you've you've done i've seen your animations and stuff who does your animations in your work you mean the, the drawings right right yes yeah i just i hire people out okay to, um to to draw my yeah the cartoons and the animation i gotcha i gotcha because it's it's very it's very good work so i was just you know i was just wondering a little bit about your process so i i usually draw i usually draw rough sketches and then i i give it to them and then they finish it off all right i gotcha that's usually yeah that's usually the process all right, cool. So what other crazy things have happened out there in the woods to you i i, I have a feeling you have more stories about that so when i was in michigan uh, we came across a giant X, a massive X. The thing was huge. There's no way it would have taken a couple trains to, you know, pull these trees into the position. And you could see that they were, they were one was pushing, pushed over, and the other one was broken and it kind of moved over to form this giant X. And uh, in the Sasquatch world. Uh, researchers believe that the X is there to say, stop, don't go any further. They believe that Sasquatches make these Xs, you know, basically, yeah, just telling people, you know, this is our territory, don't go beyond this spot. And so I decided to just tie up a hammock tent. And the researchers I was with thought it was crazy, right, because they thought I would, you know, piss off the Sasquatches. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, there is things I have to be concerned of, like bears and cougars, and, you know, wild boars, or, you know, chipmunks. You know, hey, it can be pretty aggressive. Let me tell you. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So right before uh, I went to bed, I crawled into my uh, hammock tent. Uh, there was a a god awful smell that that came uh, within the camp. Um, and I was with um, Dave, which is one of the Sasquatch researchers. And we were like, oh, my gosh, that is, what? God, like, who died? Like, really? Like, there must be something rotting over here. And we, we, it was nighttime. It was probably about 
one o'clock in the morning, we're looking around, trying to follow to see if there was something that that died or, and we couldn't find nothing within the vicinity. I mean, we only walked maybe a hundred feet within a radium of the the camp. Couldn't find nothing. So it was time. So I went to bed, and I could hear while I'm lying in the hammock tent. I could hear the screams in the night, like the screams way off in the distance. It's almost like whatever was out there was talking. And I'm talking way out there, right? They must have been like five miles away. Because when you're lying there and it's dead quiet and you listen, I could hear like just off, but back and forth. And I could hear wood knocks too. We got wood knocks. And I could hear that there was um, a mouse that went by. I could hear under under bush. Uh, there was probably a, uh, a rabbit or something that hopped by. I could tell while I'm lying there. And then all of a sudden there was a crack, a big crack. And I'm like, okay. And I could hear something walking up and it's just walking and and then it stopped, and it grunts. It was like a big, a big, like, a, like it was pissed off, and it grunted like right next to me. And then I started shaking uncontrollably. I'm trying to hold myself steady because in my head I'm visualizing, oh my gosh, okay, if this is a bear, what if it just grabs me? Or if it's one of these Sasquatches, if it grabs me and just pulls me and walks and just drags me into the forest. Walks. I just felt like something to just take a fist and just come down on me. So I'm trying not to shake. I'm shaking. And then I hear it start walking. And as it's walking, I could feel the vibration. And the, the hammock I was in started, every time it, it took a step, I could feel the vibration of the, of the tent just off the tree. And then I yelled out, I was like, Dave, Dave, is you? Dave. And I hear all of a sudden, I'm out of the darkness. I hear, yeah, Jay. Yeah, it's me. Hey. And I'm like, oh, God. Thank goodness. And I get out of the tent. I unzip and I get out. And there's Dave about 20 feet away, 25 feet away, sleeping. He's lying on the ground. He's covered himself up and he's against a tree. I was like, hey were you just walking around? He's like, no, 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 no. I've been sleeping the whole time. I'm like, what? For real? He's like, yeah. I said, you weren't walking around. I said, He's like, no, the only reason I woke up because you yelled my name. I'm like, no way. So we looked around after that. We went for a walk. But other people, so um, like I said, I didn't see what it was. Um, it was kind of a, a deep grunt, uh, grunt uh, for sure. I mean, I, still, I didn't see, I can't say it was a Sasquatch because I didn't physically see it. Um, I do know when I met up with the other guys, and the other guys were probably about uh, 400 feet away on the other side of the, the logging road, and they're all sleeping. Everyone's sleeping. And uh, on the recorders, we actually caught talking. I got actual talking, like whoop off, leave that's what it sounded like. It was incredible. I was like, wow, what kind of language is this? This is crazy. And everyone's sleeping. There's no one around. I mean, 
it's dead quiet. So it was like, and that's all on the film. So Searching for Sasquatch, Chapter 3, uh, which is the documentary I filmed of the trip in Michigan, comes out January, uh, the second weekend, January um, 2022. Nice. So everybody can watch it and, and, and see the excitement that we went through. It's part one. It's actually part one. It, I, there was so much stuff that happened in Michigan that I made a part one and a part two. And part two will come out um, a month later. Excellent. So, so this language is actually in, the, you actually include that yes. in Searching for Sasquatch? Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Jason, I am so looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, it's clear as day. Like it's, you know, and yeah, if anyone wants to take the footage and analyze it, you know, they'll be like, okay, you know. Oh yeah. I think I know of some people who will be doing that right away (laughs) as soon as they become aware Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. So in the course of your research, I know that you're not, not at all convinced that Sasquatches are real. Uh, but I mean, you suspect, I suspect, I suspect that you suspect. So, uh, you, you must've done some research and I, I, I suppose you've uncovered, um, the, the theories that they actually can see infrared light. You are familiar with that, right? Yeah. So that's the thing. I, I believe that, you, you know, if these creatures do exist, that they can see infrared. Um, I was with, uh, Robert Kreider and Robert Kreider, he put up a, um, infrared uh, tree cam and he was facing the camp and I, I turned to him and I said oh yeah that's a good idea in case something comes in you know we can get it on film and he looks at me and he laughs he goes oh no no I'm not putting this up <laughs> to catch the Sasquatch in the camp I'm putting this up to keep them away he didn't want them coming into the camp right so the running joke is how do you not see a Sasquatch put up some infrared cameras you know, they seem to be able to, like, somewhat see. And, you know, other animals have been known to be able to see infrared, right? Like cougars. Sure. Right? They can see. You know, it's not too far-fetched. I really want Sasquatch to be real. I really do. I think something something about, a, a, you know, a tribe of Sasquatch people living in the dark forest is, is an amazing mystery. And I love mysteries. I really do. Boy, do I ever. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. That is a huge part of the appeal for me as well. For me, for me, Sasquatch feels like we started out as the same basic idea, and then we went our separate ways, and we applied ourselves, this same basic idea, to vastly different modes of living. And uh, I think now it's time to check back in and kind of compare notes and and see what we've learned along the way and how learning from each other can teach us more about being about being a fuller being you know we can we can incorporate more into our being simply by learning more about one another so so yes this this giant ancient people living out in the woods that's a that's a it's an enormously important thing for humanity that's an enormous mystery enormously mm-hmm. compelling mystery and i i just feel need to solve it right now yes exactly and it would be great to be able to solve that now i'll let you know uh, one of the biggest reasons the biggest things that have come out of uh, myself searching for sasquatch is it gets me out into the forest and i love going out into the forest i love the nature and 
you know, just breathing in all that oxygen. But I have to say, the biggest thing that has come out of me searching for Sasquatch, and this is the best for anyone's heart, is the friends that I have met along the way. Like all the people I met in Michigan, the Sasquatch hunters that took me out into the forest, they're some of the nicest people I've met. They're, you know, they're just, they just like going out into the nature. They love the mystery of it. And they're just good friends. And uh, that's one of the biggest things about, since I've been searching for Sasquatch, is the people I've met. And to me, that's, almost more important than anything else other than, you know, if we can actually, you know, get true hundred percent evidence of these giant creatures. I know absolutely what you mean, Jason, when undertaking this sort of endeavor, people who are bound by this thing, by this strange pursuit of higher truth, people tend to come together. People in this quest, mm-hmm. they tend to become fast friends, and I have learned that myself uh, while undertaking this uh, this endeavor, while while doing my show, while talking to people, while doing research. People come together and become very fast friends when they are bound by that common pursuit of, of strange higher truth. So yes, I know exactly mm-hmm. what you mean, Jason. Very tight-knit community. It's, it's, it's really a lovely thing. Yeah, oh, it's great. It is great. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, producing Chapter 4 and Chapter 5 and Chapter 6. Right, right. And and the song, I want to talk about the song. How did you, uh, what inspired you to make the song? And, and uh, how did you come up with the lyrics and all that? So when I went to Michigan, uh, this is great. Um, they, they, they had me come out to Michigan and uh, be a speaker at a Bigfoot conference. And it was my first time getting up and speaking uh, about Sasquatch, which is funny because, you know, I kind of a skeptic. So I just, I talked about my animal adventures and, and when the conference was over, we all jumped in vehicles and they took me out into the, into the forest. Um, we, we had, when I got out there to the forest, I'm, I'm out standing outside of the vehicle, and there's a, a guy that's standing there, and his name is Todd Parsons. And I got talking to him, and he's a country singer out of Texas. So he usually does background vocals, and he he's, does lots of work in the bands. Super nice guy. And when he told me he is a singer for a country, I said to him, I said, hey, you know, how would you like to produce a song that about Bigfoot? You know, there's only a handful of Bigfoot songs out there, and I would love to do a Bigfoot song, and I think country music would be probably the best to do because doing dance music or techno, I I don't know if people could relate as well. And he thought it was a great idea. He's like, sure, there's only one thing. I will do it, but you have to write it. So I'm like, okay. And I've been writing poetry for 25 years. Like I have over you know, like 6,000 poems. Anyway, that's beside the point. So when I got home, I started writing out the song. 
And I sent it to Todd, and Todd said, this is great. He's, Todd would just kind of, he would take some stuff out and add other stuff. Just because when you do a song, you have to make it so it somewhat rhymes and, you know, it just flows. And Todd used his professionalism and he, he put it all together and he, he actually used real instruments. It wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't like um, in a recording studio with digital sound. He had friends who played different instruments. He played a whole bunch of instruments. And he he used actual instruments. He wanted it to sound like a concert, like live. And yeah, and that is how we, him and I, put together a Bigfoot song called Searching for Sasquatch. And uh, yeah, I, I was really, I was, sho- I was like so shocked. I was so happy when he sent it to me, when it was finally done. I was like, wow, this is, this is great. I mean, maybe I'm just biased, but. I, I want to think that it's it's great and catchy. It, it is. It's very catchy. It's quite a lively song. And uh, what do you think, Jason? Should we play it right now? Oh, yeah, sure. Great. Well, the song is Searching for Sasquatch by Jason Kenzie and Todd Parsons. Let's have a listen. Tree. Water moths playing tricks on me. Darkness falls and they all creep in. The shadows of the moon around your teeth. It's okay to be afraid of all the monsters in the woods. They protect you from the ones that aren't understood. No one believes me. I know the truth I say. I'm lost underneath Bigfoot. Show me the way. I'm searching for Sasquatch. I'm searching for Sasquatch. I'm lost underneath Bigfoot. Show me From Canada to Texas, from Cali to the Everglades, we search everywhere, but we don't know where they stay. We forge relationships everywhere that we may go, but I know he'll find me way before I'll find his home. No one leaves me, I know the truth I say, I'm lost of me, Bigfoot, show me the way. I'm searching for Sasquatch, I'm searching for Sasquatch, I'm lost of me, Bigfoot. Show me the way The day will come Science meets reality The day will be nothing Short of normality In inverted angel We know what they say I'm lost underneath Bigfoot Show me the way I'm searching for Sasquatch I'm searching for Sasquatch I'm lost underneath Bigfoot Show me the way Davies adventurer, writer, the tracker, Gerhard cryptid hunter, Kenji filmmaker. I'm searching for Sasquatch, searching for Sasquatch, lost underneath Bigfoot, show me Well, Jason, that was quite a lively song. I enjoy that immensely. Thank you for sharing that with us today. Hey, no problem. And I hope other people will enjoy it and that they will share it with friends. And, you know, I, I wanted a song that was upbeat, um, lively, 
um, because there's a lot of stress going on in the world right now. And I wanted a song that was, was yeah, fast paced, something that you could put in your car and you can roll down the windows, put the sunroof down and just go and just have a song that's really fun. Absolutely. You know, it actually, I, cause I, I am a believer in using music in Sasquatch investigations and attempting to communicate with Sasquatches. So I think your song may actually just be an appropriate squatching song too. It might be useful out in the field. Yeah. Can you imagine you're playing that song out into the field? All of a sudden there was like 10 Sasquatches that jump out. They start toe tapping and dancing and flipping and Oh, yeah, having a great. having a good old time, a little hoedown, a little Sasquatch hoedown. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like dancing. They start playing the the tree. They rip out a tree and start playing it like a, <laughs> like, a like a banjo. Right, right. Get a little percussion section going. Got uh, got some huge. <laughs> tree limbs that they're banging on something. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? I don't I don't think that's too far off of reality. I think they actually do things like that. I think they get down. I think they like to jam. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, the, you, you hear enough of those tree bangs in the in the darkness, you know, it's uh who knows? Maybe they're communicating a song. Oh, yes, definitely. And as far as song goes, I am aware of uh, some witnesses having heard beautiful songs coming from them. Todd Neese, the founder of the American Primate Conservancy, he told me that he had an encounter out in New Mexico in which he heard this very, very beautiful Sasquatch song being sung to him. And uh, so, yes, they they do seem to have a concept of music. And um, so music can be an effective squatching tool absolutely and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it out set it up on a call blaster and blast it out as far as i can jason yeah no yeah please do you know hopefully hopefully it'll go viral with uh, all the other sasquatches (laughs) yeah absolutely so so what else are you working on lately so i'm also working on well i just finished uh a children's book uh, it's called Adventures of Little JJ, uh, uh, Rescue to Cryptid Island. So it's about a little six-year-old boy who uses his imagination to help a Sasquatch girl, a little Sasquatch girl, who got lost and needs to get back to her to her mom and dad. And little JJ with the help of a little ghost, the Loch Ness Monster, and a wolf, no, a dog boy, and uh, I'm trying to remember what, uh, what, what is that, uh, what's that cryptid with the red eyes that looks oh, like an owl? Mothman? Moth, so it's Moth Boy. So Moth Boy, sorry I had a brain fart, but yeah, <laughs> they, you, you know, they help the little Sasquatch girl get back to her parents, and they go on a bit of an adventure, they, Go to the ocean where there's mermaids jumping and dolphins, and that the you know they get flown out there. Then they ride on the back of the Loch Ness monster, and they uh, yeah. That is amazing, Jason. You've got all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> That's so cool. And I'm I, I'm also about to start on another children's book where uh, little JJ teams up with the She Squatchers, 
and uh, goes off into uh, into the forest uh, to help Sasquatches get their powers back. And so, yeah, so I'm going to be starting to work on that very soon. Very cool. And yeah, I've, I've just started on chapter four, um, searching for Sasquatch. So um, it's it's called uh, searching for gold in the mountains of the Sasquatch. In in which one are we going to hear this very clear language being spoken? Is that in part three? That's part three. Okay. Yeah, it's in chapter three, part one. Gotcha. Uh, let me think for, yeah, part one. So yeah, you'll be able to see all that. And it's pretty cool footage for sure. And I hope everyone can, can enjoy it. It took me a while to put it together. It's a lot of hard work. Oh, yeah. Well, Jason, you mentioned the possibility of coming down to my neck of the woods to shoot some stuff. Uh, were you, you're just teasing me, or is that really going to happen? No, seriously. I mean, once, you know, when, when things kind of cool down here with uh, the flooding and with the, when the weather gets a little bit nicer, yeah, I'd love to come down and, you know, team up, maybe uh, go out into the forest out there and see what we can find. I would absolutely love that, Jason. I carefully selected the area in which I live now for its Bigfoot and paranormal activity. I lost my home in the campfire in 2018 in in Paradise, California. After that, I decided to come to Siskiyou County near Mount Shasta, where I had been wanting to come for a a long time just because of all the stuff that happens here. So this is quite an area for all things Bigfoot and paranormal related, and I could certainly take you to some spots, Jason. Believe you me, there's plenty to check out around here. Yeah, that would be great. I would love that. Awesome. I would love that, too. We are in the last moments of the show, Jason. Uh, How do we become, how do do we keep track of you? How do we become aware of all the cool stuff that you're doing? Well, you can, I have a couple websites that you can go to. Uh, You can go to uh, searchingforsasquatch.ca and you can see, um, you can hear the music, you can watch the films, uh, you can see what's coming up in the future. Uh, you can also go to my um, Animal Adventures on YouTube under A Photo Warrior. Uh, you can also go to my website, uh, which is called Life Through My Lens uh, .ca. That is Life Through My Lens .ca. Or you can go to my YouTube channel, which is A Photo Warrior. All one word, no spaces. Yeah, you can see all my animal adventures. You can see me play with wolves. You can see me play with um, alligators and monkeys and and all kinds of different animals. And you can, you know, you never know if your listeners, any of your listeners have, you know, a special pet that they might want to showcase. You know, I could, you know, talk to them and we can work out something for me to come down and, and do kind of a legacy video, you know, where I film and and you can talk about the love that you have for your pet. You know, it'll be with you forever. You know, and tell the world what is so special about your animal. Absolutely. So if you have an amazing animal that you want documented, you want to create a memory of that forever, well, get a hold of Jason Kenzie. He would love to come and photograph and video your amazing animal. And he does so very well with great enthusiasm. He's quite a professional. He's been at it for a long time. Once again, the website is lifethroughmylens.ca. And the YouTube channel is A Photo Warrior, A P H O T O W A R R I O R. 
all one word, A Photo Warrior is Jason's YouTube channel. And once again, the series is Searching for Sasquatch. And the song is also Searching for Sasquatch by Jason Kenzie and Todd Parsons. You can find it on Spotify. And uh, so Jason is doing all kinds of cool stuff. Jason's a cool guy. Very interesting. Jason, I want to keep in touch with you. You're, you are one of those people that I just want to know what, what is going on with you at all times. And so let's stay in touch, okay? I want, to, I want us to have many future conversations. Well, hey, thank you so much. I was honored to come on to your show and, and talk to you. Thank you so much. And if anything else happens, I'll, I'll contact you and you'll be the first to announce it to the world. Oh, I would love that, Jason. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we're going to stay in touch. You're really cool. And I, and likewise, I, I am honored that you spent, that you took the time to speak with us today. So I really appreciate it. Jason Kenzie, thank you so much for joining me today on Type 471. Uh, thank you so much. And I will talk to you later. All right. Thanks a lot. Jason Kenzie's a really cool guy. I, I hope you keep on following his exploits. It would be so helpful to me and to this show if you could rate the show on Apple Podcasts or on any platform that allows you to do so. Reviewing the show, commenting, liking, subscribing, interacting with Type 471 Podcast on the platform of your choosing and sharing this show with other people would be so helpful and allow me to grow my audience and allow me to keep on dousing your paranormal poutine with my hot and savory Sam Squatch gravy. So if you appreciate what I'm doing here at Type 471 Podcast, please take steps to support the show. Thank you. If you'd like to email me your extraordinary encounters or experiences, do so at type471podcast at gmail.com. Follow this show on social media. You can look for Type 471 Podcast anywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what have you. Interact with me. Get to know me. There's going to be a lot of very interesting stuff coming up in the very near future. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471.